Hello, ladies, gentlemen, ghosties, ghoulies, and spooky folks of all ages. If you are returning, welcome back to That Spooky Life, and if you are joining us for the first time, hello! I am your host, Miranda, and I am glad that you are here. We're going to dive right in today, and as mentioned last week, it is not necessary for our new listeners to go back and listen to last week's episode first, but just know that there is another part in our brief series on what I am just calling shadow people. It is my personal experiences with shadow people, and we have yet to cover quite all of it, so today I am going to share yet another story. Last week we talked about my first two experiences with shadow people. This week, we pick it up with the next time I recall a shadow person incident. I call it that not because it was for sure the next time I saw one. I saw them on and off intermittently at odd times, but generally, if I glimpsed one somewhere, I would just avoid that place. I never went seeking them never cared to unravel that mystery, as I always felt there was a solid danger in so doing. What that danger was, couldn't have told you. But I felt it. As I've gotten older and more informed, and as more information has honestly become more readily available from other people who have had experiences, and other mediums who have dealt with such entities, I've learned that that fear was not unfounded. Anything from exacerbating existing mental or physical issues, to causing new ones, causing electrical failures in homes, car problems, and many, many, many other nasty little problems I have seen associated with their presence before. One of the times in my life that, even when I questioned my intuition, I still listened to that aspect about avoiding shadow people and not poking that too closely, and I'm honestly glad that I did. Sometime around the period that some guy was talking to me on AOL about the shadow people being entities from another dimension, trying to break into ours, and all of the weird things that you occasionally found on the internet back before it was what we know it as today that I mentioned briefly in my, well, I I actually mentioned it more in depth in my last episode. Uh, Sometime around that time, I don't remember if it was act, I believe it was while this guy was actively talking to me. He was also talking to a friend at the time and they were being affected by these things. They were actually who introduced me to this individual on the internet. We had had a conversation about shared spooky stories and discovered that we had both been seeing these things most of our lives. However, on this particular night, we were having a sleepover at my friend's house, playing video games and sneaking outside to have cigarettes, nothing spooky going on or being discussed. My friend's older sibling also had friends over, including one of my siblings, some of whom were mutual friends, and while it was not what the kids would have called a party at the time. There was Goldeneye on GameCube being played and we were staying up late and it was our version of a party at the time, basically. So my friend and I, uh, out of the rotation for taking a turn at Goldeneye, dating us a little bit there, 
snuck out to share a cigarette and were standing out of the way as to not be seen and discussing the day-to-day tea of the people that we knew like spilling the tea on you know whoever it was we were talking about at the time because we were teenagers and I got a chill that went up my spine it was summer in the south and though it was after dark it was not cold it is never cold in the summer in the south and I knew it was something else like it was that intuition I just knew something else with a capital E was happening it was also a full moon so despite the fact that the porch light only went so far we could see the entire yard up to like the high privets at the very edge that provided privacy from the neighbors and everything was just clear as day The chill happens, and I look around, and when I look back to my friend, their lips are pursed, and they're just looking at me, and they were like, you feel it too, don't you? And I was like, well, yeah, but I don't know what it is. Very softly and solemnly, my friend says, we're being watched. I, of course, looked immediately inside the glass doors and found that none of the people inside or giving us any attention whatsoever which made the hair on my arm stand up even more and I started looking around the yard and I asked my friend person or I sort of let that hang for a moment until my friend said I have yet to see anyone so I assume or at the same time that they say the word or I see a dark figure stand from the ground in front of the privets. It looked as though, like if it had been a person, they had been lying face down in the grass and stood very slowly as if just like waking from a nap to turn their attention towards us. But the catch is, there had been nothing in the grass before. It was like they stood up out of the grass and what I noticed then drained the blood from my face and stole my voice. I was just like frozen, speechless in fear as red glowing eyes were now watching us. I would like to take a moment to point out before I tell this next little bit that while we had shared stories of seeing shadow people, that everyone interprets the subtle reality differently and at times at different speeds. I saw a shadow person stand up and look at us, but my friend, despite the fact that they'd seen shadow people before, did not seem to see it as that initially. Brazen, confident, and brave as most Leos are, they just saw a shadow at first and shouted, hey, who the fuck are you, and charges out across the grass. Now, I panic. I actively tried to stop them, sort of grab as I as they went tearing by, but as I mentioned, my voice was stolen by fear and I was on the verge of being completely frozen. I hesitated too long to be able to actually grab them. So my friend is in the yard yelling, get the fuck off my property or I'll call the cops. And by now, we had the attention of a few of the people inside. I managed to strangle out a pitiful stop after my friend. But but like I said, I wasn't maybe 16. I was just terrified and they did not hear me. I saw it. The moment they realized it, I saw 
when they realized what it was. They were halfway between where I was on the porch and where the shadow person was standing in front of the privet. And my friend just froze in their tracks. The shadow person seemed to grow larger then, and I heard my friend say, oh fuck, as they turned and started motioning for me to go inside and running back to me. But now, watching this thing grow, I was full on frozen. I watched it grow larger and then start to follow my friend gliding smoothly over the grass, running without running uh, behind my friend and getting closer and closer. It moved out into the full moonlight from the shadow of the privet, and it was still an animate shadow that could not be seen through, as if its presence or energy just ate the light that tried to bounce off of it. If you go, uh, if you don't go like search, image search, the blackest black paint where they paint like masks and other little things, They've recently come out with it in the past few years. It's weird to look at, even in pictures and on video and not just in person. It makes my eyes feel weird. And that is the closest thing that I have ever found to describing what seeing a shadow person is like. It's like their shape is just void of light, regardless of where they are, except for their red glowing eyes, basically. When my friend finally reached me, they just full body tackled me back to the door and into the house. It's honestly a miracle neither of us got hurt because they weren't stopping and I couldn't move. With all the commotion, the game had been stopped and everybody was asking questions. Their sibling was there. My sibling was there. We told them what we saw. And as usual, the supernatural answer was completely discarded. But both my friend's sibling and mine worried that there was an intruder. So they went and got flashlights and went out to do a perimeter check with katanas and a pocket knife. Like they were blind fury and fucking Rambo or something. But obviously there was nothing there that they could see. And my friend and I were not leaving uh, the room again to go anywhere near the windows for the rest of the night. I never saw that shadow person again so distinctly. But that fucker would loom outside of the windows or I would see it in my peripheral as it just like passed I also never went outside back there alone just in case and always made sure that either one of my siblings or my friend's sibling or my friend was usually out there like as a team just in case because again you get chased once and you're like no This seems like a real bad idea. And that is my spooky story for the week. Our listener story this week again comes from friend of the show, author Diana Brock. She has sent me numerous stories to keep me going while we're all dealing with real life right now. So I am happy to share her wonderful writing and encourage you guys to write down your experiences and send them in. But our story today is called Helplessly Sensitive. Diana writes, I could go on for days about dreams, visions, and premonitions. I've had so many over the years that sometimes I need a trigger to pull it back from the mental file cabinet. As I listened to my only podcast today, the host told a story revolving around heightened sensitivity to the spirit world during pregnancy. I can second this belief, and I'm going to share with you my story that follows suit. 
In 2007, I was pregnant with my third child. I was not sleeping well at all for what my sensitivity allowed me to see, hear, and experience the things that others could not. It should be noted that I was also living in my grandfather's house on Barnsley Garden Road in Adairsville at the time, and my grandfather passes away in the house. I won't go into detail about all of the visits from him. Let's just say he is just as chatty and loves visitors in death as much as in life. However, this story is not about him. As I went through my day, cleaning as much as I physically could due to my complicated, high-risk pregnancy, I had the news playing on TV. I wasn't paying much attention until I heard the name of my small town on the television. Kingston is not a town you hear much about on the news, so I stopped and gave it my full attention. It was a quick announcement about mentally disabled resident being reported as missing in the area, and anyone with information is asked to notify the local law enforcement. Pretty straightforward story, to which I made a mental note to look around and see if this man was wandering around when I went out later that day. A brief backstory, everyone who lived in the city limits, or frequented the area, would recognize him as he walked the streets a lot. Later that night, after getting my boys settled to sleep, I went to bed myself. I was exhausted. Granted, as any woman at month five of pregnancy knows, tired is common. However, I was more than just the standard pregnancy version of exhausted. I went to sleep on the couch, as the bed wasn't comfortable for my back. I fell asleep quickly and began to dream. My dream began on Main Street in Kingston. I could see our missing resident walking near dusk. I realized that I was conscious in this dream, and my first thought was, oh, normal brain processing through dreams, no big deal. Then I watched as a late model four-door car pulled up and stopped beside him. Two young men got out of the car and started talking to the missing man. He smiled as he chatted with them about the car, and they even raised the hood to check out the engine. I didn't think much of this, as that is the norm in the area. As their dream progressed, I watched as one of the men removed something like a pipe or maybe an aluminum baseball bat from the car and hit the disabled man in the back of the head. That's when I realized I wasn't dreaming, so I began to pay attention. I could see the face of one of the younger men, the one who had assaulted the missing resident. I watched as they rolled him over, removed his wallet, and cleared out the cash. Then they loaded him up in the car and drove away. They ended up in an area that was overgrown with dead grass and weeds, an area that resembled a field or pasture that had not been maintained. They dumped his body pretty far off the roadway and left him there. I watched as their car pulled away. I watched this dream replay about three or four times in my mind before I became so disturbed by what I'd seen that I could no longer stay asleep. I finally got up and crept outside quietly, careful not to wake anyone up. I knew what I had seen was not just some crazy pregnancy-induced dream, but at this point, what could I do? 
It's not like in the movies where someone with psychic abilities can just reach out to the police and say, hey, look for him in a grassy field somewhere local. I saw it in a vision. Bible thumping, holy roller area? No, thank you. Quick disclaimer. I am Christian, so I am not slamming religion. You would have to be there to understand. Moving forward. Speaking as somebody who grew up in the same same kind of situation, yes. It is not insulting of religion or people who have belief or anything like that. It is a very unique and at times frustrating mindset to be someone with abilities inside of. So continuing at this point, I had not shared my abilities with many people. Only a few knew what I could do or experience. So the next morning, still aching to help somehow, but also just as lost that I had been that night. I reached out to a pagan friend of mine with the question of what do I do? I also learned on this phone call that she was also pregnant. So she tapped in, as she called it, and told me that it was definitely a vision and that it was done so that his body could be located. Normally, in non-pregnancy form, we would, quote, go hiking together and find him so that it was a, quote, accidental discovery. However, as much as we hated to admit it in our conditions, both pregnant and high risk, we couldn't do anything except sit and wait. It was about three or four weeks later when the body of this missing man was discovered. Some witness had said that he'd been seen talking to two young men in a late model four-door car, but that they seemed to be having a friendly chat, as it was not out of the ordinary for people to stop and speak to this man as he walked the streets of the small town. The cause of death? Blunt force trauma to the head, and his wallet was nowhere to be found. To my knowledge, this is still an unsolved case in our area, 12 years later. Whew. That is rough, my dear. I would be interested... I would be interested to know if those gentlemen, I say gentlemen very loosely and because I am polite and from the South, they are not here to defend themselves. It is just polite for me to say so. If you'd be able to identify them even 12 years later, because that's a real shame. And no, obviously it's not going to hold up in a court of law, but that's a heavy burden to carry and you have my sympathy. It can be very, very, very rough. And yeah, in some of those situations, I just, I don't know what to do. It's happened before just a few times, but I don't know. As as you can see, I I don't really have anything because I understand it, but I don't have any answers. So thank you very much for sharing your story. And if there's ever an update on that one, I would be interested to know. I'm sure our listeners would as well. And that is our listener story for the week. And finally, for our witchy tip today, I would like to acknowledge, of course, what continues to be the state of our world right now. Also, the fact that this is a huge perspective shift for, well, the world, but also, you know, our country and our communities and friends and family. People who have children who don't understand why they can't go see their grandparents, people who may be without a job due to circumstance, people who are struggling to pay bills, people who are in need. 
And I've seen personally, because I have built up around myself a wonderful community of people who are honest and open and do their research and fact check, look out for each other and check in. But not everyone is so lucky. And even in the midst of having such a strong, wonderful community around me, I find that the advice that I'm going to give you today is something that I actually have been doing and and in need of doing today for myself. If you are alone in your apartment or your house, that can be very difficult. If you are not alone in your apartment or your house, be it family or roommates, that can be very difficult. It doesn't really matter which situation you have found yourself in. I have found that especially right now with so much stress going on, self-care is very, very important. And self-care takes many different shapes for many different people. It could be something as easy as taking a bath or putting on makeup and taking a cute picture, even though you are just getting dressed up to go to the living room. Self-care is important for the spirit. And for us to take the good lessons and remain and retain what we need to learn from this particular circumstance, we are going to have to make sure that as little damage is done to ourselves as possible. And that triply goes for anyone who may be sick right now. For those of us in good health, this could be easier. However, it is incredibly important for us to practice self-care, to refocus the mind, to be in touch with our feelings, to understand what it is that we are specifically upset about. Is it the isolation? Is it the fear of becoming ill? Is it the fear of distance from others? What about this particular time is grating on us? Even if you're, for the most part, fine. Even if you, are, you do not feel as though you are in isolation. If you're great with the alone time. Even then, it's important to be in touch with how you feel about the world as a whole. My recommendation, my tip, would be to sit down in a quiet place, be it after little ones have gone to bed or when everybody else is watching Netflix, things like that. Find a quiet moment. Sit down. Close your eyes and take a deep breath in and out. In and out. And focus on the blackness of looking at the back of your own eyelids, as my teacher used to say. Quiet your mind. Clear your mind of thoughts. Turn your focus internally. If you find something that is bothering you, investigate it. Poke at it. Figure out why that thing bothers you. We all have the initial superficial answers, and if you're a particularly self-aware individual, you may be very well aware of what it is and why it is that bothers you. However, acknowledging it, seeing it for what it is, and understanding where that particular bother comes from can be important to coping with it and being able to live with it and move on. If you find yourself in a position of high stress and high anxiety, 
quiet your mind and think of nothing for a little while. Count the breaths. Breathe in, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Out, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And just focus on the act of quieting and clearing your mind. And anytime you have a second, even if you have to do it while you're in the shower, just take a few extra minutes to close your eyes, clear your mind, and breathe. It can be very important to stay in touch with yourself during these times. We have a lot of personal responsibility right now. Practicing social distancing, the quarantine, lots of places have shelter-in-place orders. There's a lot for us to be grateful for, a lot for us to remember. There's a national emergency happening that's stressful. There's a lot of job problems that's stressful. And I don't mention those things to create more stress. I mention those things as a reminder. We have to step up, be the best people that we can be right now. And in order to do that, I'm always put in mind of the phrase that my grandmother and mother have told me my whole life, you cannot truly love someone else until you love yourself. That also goes for care. You cannot care for others until you first care for yourself. In order for us to see our way through this, for us to give the support to those who need it that we can, even if that's just staying home and washing your hands, and not letting that drive you slowly crazy, taking a few moments to yourself and practicing self-care can be a very important tool in your toolbox for how to achieve that. I wish you luck, health, and safety as the days progress, my friends. I hope that you are well, and if you are not at this time, I hope that you are headed towards well. I have no plans on changing my schedule for this podcast at this time, I'm always in need of listener stories, so if you would like to sit down and write up one of your paranormal experiences or a paranormal spooky story that you're familiar with, please feel free to do so and send it to thatspookylifepodcast at gmail.com. This is something that I can provide as a potential distraction for interested parties during this, and I plan to continue to do so, at least as of this recording provided nothing unforeseen arises in the interim. And even if it does, I will try and let you guys know ahead of time. However, if you are still listening, I am happy to share and stay safe out there, guys. It's very important. I'm very invested in the well-being of our community and our country and our world as a whole right now. It's a scary time, and I hope that you find at least a bit of solace in these shared stories and maybe some of these witchy tips. It is my fondest hope for us all that this time makes us stronger and better than we were before. And I feel that in order to best do that, we need to not only help each other, but remember that you are important, you are strong, you are beautiful within this universe, and you deserve self-care. And by practicing self-care, you can then better take care of others. Just a few minutes a day may make all the difference in the world. And that is my witchy tip for the day. Thank you to beloved friend of the show, Diana Brock, author extraordinaire, 
for submitting yet another one of your personal experiences to our podcast. I always love reading your work. If you're interested in checking out Diana's collection of books, please check out www.abernathybooks.com. I'm a fan. I am personally making my way through one of her books right now. Additionally, as I mentioned, I am happy to accept any listener stories that you guys want to send. If I get a few short ones, I can put a couple in an episode. If you have a longer one, are you like, oh, I feel like it's too long? No, friend, it is never too long. I promise you, I am always excited to read what you guys send me. So, but that brings us to the end of our show for today. And until next week, keep living that spooky life and be safe. Bye.